how's it going, young guys? And welcome back to another episode of the CSC Talk podcast. A great win against Burnley. Um, if you haven't checked that episode out, make sure to do. Make sure to do. Uh, make sure to check it out because Alex and Omar were on there, and Alex had to maybe do. I think was it Alex four or five retakes to get yourself ready for the intro. Um, <laughs> We've got, we haven't even introduced our guest yet, and he's still salvaging. You know, this is this is this is how it is. Any any opportunity counts. Any any opportunity I get, I have to take it. Uh, no, we we're joined by the usual hosts, Alex Cinemar, uh, and sorry to keep you waiting, Michelle. But uh, we uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very happy to be on today. Great to have you on. Uh, and if you have been living under a rock since the last few days, Nishao is an upcoming, I should say, and a very talented writer. Um, he's been all over Chelsea's Chelsea Twitter. Um, he has his own uh, He has his own blog where he writes about football, and he has has experience in writing for 90 Minutes Football, The Guardian, and everything writers. So. Great to have you on, Michelle. Uh, first guest of 2021, actually. I've just kind of realized that because we um, haven't really had any guests on. But, Michelle, you were you were at the bridge against that win, against, uh, for that win against Burnley. Uh, how, how, was, how did you feel and what were, your, what were your emotions like when you were at the bridge the other night? Well, the emotions beforehand were very, very overwhelming, I'd say. You know, as a fan and someone who's not been to the bridge in almost a year now because of a pandemic... Um, it was incredible to be able to go back, but once I got there, I was very focused on doing my job. You know, I went as a journalist rather than a fan, so I was focused on getting my articles out, getting the tweets and the content. So I kind of got over the emotions beforehand, and then when I was there, I was focused and making sure I was doing my job. Um, but in terms of being back at Stamford Bridge, absolutely surreal. You know, seeing it empty on TV week in, week out just pains me knowing that I should be there. But to be back, you know, albeit in an empty stadium behind closed doors, it was incredible. And, you know, I was right next to the players, right next to Thomas Tuchel for his first win, the first goal of the Tuchel era as well. Um, you know, and I, I don't forget how honoured and how privileged I am to have been there because, you know, it was only the media and a select few who were able to be at the game and unfortunately not 40,000 Chelsea fans. So, you know, I do appreciate how privileged I am to have been at that game. And I don't take that for granted at all. You know, that was a main focus of my content on the day. This is why, you know, a lot of my tweets and photos were stuff that you wouldn't see at home and on TV. And I wanted the fans at home to feel like they were there again. But, you know, it was a surreal experience and one I'll never forget. And you talk about being back at the bridge. I'm assuming the last time you were there, there were fans there. So how different was the experience? sitting in a stadium where you could probably hear Tuchel, as you said, uh, compared to where you would have had 40,000 fans cheering for the manager in the place. Well, personally, the difference was I wasn't able to chant. I wasn't able to sing along. I wasn't able to, you know, <laughs> my friends who I go to Chelsea with, they know me. I've got a reputation of being a very loud um, fan chanting all the way through. And it did feel weird having to just stay silent throughout the entire game. That was a challenge, but a good challenge for me. In terms of Tuchel, very interesting to hear what he had to say. You know, of course, the stadium is dead silent and you can hear every single thing that's said. And, you know, occasionally you can hear that in football in a normal game. But this is when no one else is speaking. Everyone else is watching and listening in. And, of course, an empty stadium, it all echoes around. So Tuchel was very animated, very loud. 
um, to say the least on the touchline. Not as loud as Sean Dyche, though. He was even more. I think for Sean Dyche, he was very, very animated, very angry at some points as well with Burnley. But Tuchel was really fascinating to listen to, not just hearing his voice, but hearing what he had to say, you know, his shouts for players, telling them to take a second touch or telling Callum Hudson-Odoi to move in, Tammy Aram to get into the space in the box. And being able to hear exactly what's going through his mind and exactly what he wants to execute, I think gave me a really great insight into not only what Tuchel is as a manager, but what we can expect in the near future. Yeah, I think I think Chelsea have been replacing managers left, right and centre since the Roman Abramovich era, and I would love to see Tuchel stay here for another two or three years, at least even more. Um, but other than that, you were able to. You were fortunate enough to actually meet a few of the players on there as well. I think you posted a few pictures with. Um, might get this wrong, but was it Jorginho, which was outside the stadium? It was Jorginho. Yeah, that was um very unexpected because I left uh, Stamford Bridge very late. Actually, I think an hour and a half after full time, so everyone was gone. They were closing the stadium, and I was going out. You know, having finished my work. And, you know, people who go to the bridge regularly know that if you stay long enough, you can catch your players leaving. And just like any match day, that was the same here. So I saw um, Jorginho and Thiago Silva leaving together. And I saw them and I thought, oh, I'm pretty sure that's them. So I shouted over, well played, well done. And I asked for a photo. Thiago Silva didn't come over. I don't know if he didn't understand or if he couldn't be bothered. But Jorginho was very lovely, came over. We had a little chat, took the photo and... Didn't expect that to blow up, but actually, you know, I just tweeted that normally and that ended up being the most popular tweet of the day. But um, yeah, really lovely to meet Jorginho and be able to interact with the players again after so many months. Yeah, it must have been a great experience. Um, Alex, so why, you want to ask any questions? Anything you got in your mind? No, I'm just, I'm just um, interested in the, the, um, the fact that you said that the stadium was very empty because I remember even hearing... Um, Sean Dyke from the <laughs> behind the TV. I heard him shouting some instructions to the defender to close in on uh, Hudson Odoi or something. But I didn't really hear Tuko. But I, I just I'm just imagining how amazing to be actually being there and listening to the um, the players. But the question I wanted to ask, probably because you've not you've not been there previously, the I just wanted to find out how the how the whole atmosphere was. Was there some form of tension or were the players actually like were they happy were they like was there any kind of um um how to say it their behavior their behavior the players behavior especially those behind the uh, at the bench and those that were playing how was the general attitude i think the attitude is really impressive you know we saw a really good chelsea performance and especially considering without fans with a new manager you know they did really well and i was really impressed with the performance i think the big difference with you know pre-COVID football games and post-COVID football games for the players especially is that, you know, lots of players talk about being um, urged on by the fans and really fired up by the chanting and the support. And what they have to learn is to get that motivation themselves. And I think that's something you notice in the game. You know, they were completely motivated. They were really fired up, very determined to get the win. But it felt weird watching them perform the same but without the backing of everyone because they're just playing in silence. And they know the only people actually watching them live in the stadium are journalists who are paid to kind of basically criticise them and say, this player was good, this player was awful. The management, who are the ones choosing them, so they're under pressure from the management, they're under pressure from 
the journalists, and then, of course, you've got, you know, security staff and et cetera. So minus the fans, it's very interesting. I can't imagine it must be a very difficult situation for the players, but they were brilliant without the fans. And you can only think if this is how we're playing in an empty stadium under Tuchel, what will it be like when the fans are all back and you've got 40,000 Chelsea fans filled up in the bridge supporting the team? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I think it's, it's, it's very... It's very refreshing and reassuring to hear that like the players are actually motivated. They are playing for their manager. I think it's it's good for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know you need to be able to motivate yourself, not just as a footballer but as an athlete. If you can't be motivated by your own goals and your own desires, you know how are you going to be? So yeah, it was absolutely really positive, positive, and especially for me, I felt in the later stages or the latter stages of Lampard's reign. We didn't see the same motivation, the same drive, the same passion. Chelsea didn't look like they really wanted to play. And what I wanted to see from Tuchel was to see that drive come back. And we've seen that already in two games. You know, they've come back. They really want to play for the manager, for the badge, for the club, for the fans. And that's what we were missing. So to be able to see them and see that they can still do that, especially under a new manager in a difficult time for the club, it's really encouraging. And as I said, I'm looking forward to the next few games and seeing how we really settle in and gel together under Tuchel. Yeah, so I would have asked, I was going to ask a similar question to Omar. So, Mohamed, do you want, if you want to, if you want to next, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> I'll take uh, over. Just, just, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine being in, being in an empty Stamford Bridge. It's just, uh, I can imagine it's quite a little unsettling, at least, or just kind of, yeah, just away from the norm, especially if you've been, I, I don't, I haven't been to many games at the bridge, but. Imagining it empty and football being played there is just, I mean, I think, yeah, I've been on stadium tours as well a bit quite recently, or no, I think it was a year and a half ago, and even then seeing it empty was just a little, just weird, just, Mm. yeah, like a lack of belonging almost, or, yeah, just felt something wasn't right. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what didn't feel right for me was going, so obviously going out Fulham Broadway, walking down Fulham Road, and going into the stadium, what didn't feel right for me was no one being there. You know, we didn't have, yeah. I didn't get my match day program outside the station. I didn't see the stalls selling CFC UK fanzines, scarves, the memorabilia, the food, the chips. And I didn't get to meet my friends on the Britannia gate. I didn't get to go in and enjoy a day out with my mates. And that felt really weird. Um, yeah. You know, not just coming in to do a job, but coming in and going to see Chelsea just in a completely different manner. And I think, you know, for me, I've always gone, I've been a regular at Chelsea. You know, it's a big part of my life, I'll admit that. And going there without the people, you know, like my dad, my friends, etc. going there without those people and without other fans, it, it didn't feel right, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's what I was thinking a lot about before I went, you know, what's it going to be like? Because it's just me and I'm not, going to be able to support the team and the team aren't going to know if there's a fan watching them they just think I was another journalist but um yeah it was it, you know, there were a lot of emotions behind that but as I said when I was there I was very focused on doing my job and I did get to you know enjoy it as a fan I allowed myself little celebration for both goals but albeit very very subdued otherwise I think I might be kicked out for being biased <laughs> Yeah, understand. It's like you almost see it see it as a different light, like going into the bridge. But like for work, it's something that 
I can't relate to, but I can imagine that it's just, yeah, going in with a completely different mindset is quite an interesting experience. That's, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think contrasting them, you know, you go as a fan and it's about enjoyment. And of course, yes, it was still an enjoyable experience and I still really enjoyed it. But it's the difference in going, knowing that you're there to support the team and have a great day out and be with everyone versus going because, you know, you're working. So I think that was one of a really interesting contrast I found, you know, when I go in the future, I'll get more used to it, go in as a journalist, but, you know, really fascinating contrast between the two, for sure. Mom, you there? Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was speaking while on you. Um, yeah, uh, incredible. I think, I, think, I think the only time I've been to Stamford Bridge was on a tour, I think it was off-season. Um, lucky enough to book in a tour and go in there but yeah I would love to go in a match day um, and I'm sure it, it must if it, if it feels weird for the fans who watch it through TV to watch it without fans I'm sure it must be quite different for everyone on the stadium as well so um, I guess the only support Tuchel has right now is over social media and I think that's very important for us to keep it, keep it going as long as it's positive and, and within the boundaries of uh, criticism um, and I think that brings us uh, into our next segment of the podcast, uh, Chelsea and Tottenham, a game that we, we all want to, actually, that's not the one, it's the top four. <laughs> um, top four race, is it on guys? Michelle, let's get your opinion on that. I think we, Chelsea are only uh, six points behind fourth place. Um, if results go well, and we win against Tottenham and West Ham lose, then we could see Chelsea um, come at fifth place at the end of this game week. Uh, how are you feeling about that? And, and how confident are you that Tuchel can now guide us into top four? Well, how confident am I? I believe in Tuchel. I think absolutely he can get us top four. And let's be honest, that's our goal at this point. Yes, we wanted to mount the title challenge and we wanted to close the gap between us, City and Liverpool. But with everything that's gone on, with Frank Lampard being sacked with a club, you know, in a difficult period, if we can end the season getting Champions League football, I think that's still an achievement considering everything we've gone through. Um, I'm feeling confident for sure, but it's still early days. And you look at the table, you know, Leicester fourth, West Ham fifth, Tottenham sixth, then Chelsea seventh. And it goes down, you know, there's, it's so little between teams like Arsenal in 10th and then Leicester in fourth. So I think it's far, far too early to call the top four race, let alone the title race. Um, but if I had, if you told me I had to predict and call my top four now, if I was optimistic, I would say Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Chelsea. But honestly, it is so, so tight and so premature to call. Anyone can nick it. So, so you're giving the title to Liverpool again? I'm not going to, no, 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 not in that order. That's just the top four. My title, I'm actually sticking with my title prediction from um, the start of the season, which is Man City. And for a long time, it looked like I was going to be completely wrong. And I was like, oh God, I've completely messed it up. But, you know, they're back on top. They've been absolutely outstanding in recent weeks. And I stand by thinking they're going to retain the title because, yes, Liverpool have finally signed some centre-backs, but with all due respect to them, they're not the greatest centre-backs. And yes, Virgil van Dijk should be back at some point this season, but he'll still be coming back to full fitness. He won't have played since, I think it was October, the Merseyside derby. So 
if Liverpool do manage to retain the title, fair play. Fair play if you're retaining it in these circumstances. But I've got my money on Man City for sure. I'm going to stay out of this conversation about the title race because I think I think no one wants to know my prediction. Um, but Alex, Amart, you both predicted Man City. Amart, let's start with you. Top four, is it on? Just briefly, if you can. Yes, yeah, definitely on. I think just for the exact same reasons that Michelle said. And also, I think that because the there's this kind of huge pressure on Tuchel to succeed, and I think he can handle the pressure. Like, because of like the, the circumstances with which he came in, like a legend in Frank Lampard getting the sack and then him coming to replace him. I think there's a lot of pressure on him to succeed and I think he can. So definitely I think we can get top four. Like considering if other um considering other results go in our favor, then yes, we can definitely get top four. The, 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 I've never given up on it and I, and I know we'll do it. I, I also trust in Tuchel and I and I believe that he can get the get us there. Alex, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of, I won't lie, I've flip-flopped on it for weeks and weeks. But yeah, it's it's just, I mean, our worst moments, I only didn't believe that we could get top four because of the sheer number of teams ahead of us that at the, in, at the time weren't in as good a moments. And it just seemed like, whilst the points gap wasn't that much just imagining us kind of getting into that top four ahead of any of uh, like I know City and Liverpool are pretty much dead certs for it but even less one of Leicester or United has to kind of has to really drop off the ball in order for us to get it so that's that was why in recent weeks and I'd kind of basically given up on top four but I think I mean in a week we've just kind of seen how crazy results can be with Leicester Pretty much everyone around us, bar Liverpool and City, lost at some point in the. Well, actually, even Liverpool have. Yeah, even Liverpool have lost in the past week or so. So it's just it's just gone to show how crazy the results can be. And I I'm not going to rule it out, but and yeah, if we beat, I think beating Tottenham would be a good start to kind of reinforce the belief that we can do it. And yeah, I I I'm not given. I haven't. I mean, I had given up on it, but I'm not sure if you can undo giving up on something, but. I guess I have to try and do that because it's it can happen. <laughs> it could happen. It honestly could, but it's we just need to go on a run and we need to hope that the um, these unpredictable results that everyone seems to be getting kind of continues. But beating Tottenham would be a fantastic start, or kind of to going on a good run. So, and I'll be a bit more optimistic about it if we if about top four chances if if we do beat Spurs. Anyone still opting for anyone still opting for Chelsea to be champions? No, Mohamed, it's just you in that corner. <laughs> I, don't worry, I still believe Tottenham can win the title in his first few months. But um, you know, anything can happen in football. Let's be honest. You know, we saw Leicester win the title five years ago, so I wouldn't rule it out. But I would be happy with Tuchel in his first half season if he gets top four. That deserves plaudits. It's only eleven points. Yeah, but even then, so much can change. And we've already got, what, four points from our first six. We've looked really good. Um, Tuchel's starting to find out what team he wants to play, what formation he wants to use, what how he's going to instill his philosophy on the club. So I wouldn't rule it out. Anything can happen this season. Exactly. I agree as well. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of depends on if City can, I mean, uh, with regards to title at least, if City can w- keep up what, 
the crazy form that they're in at the moment, especially defensively. They keep that going, I find it hard to look past them. But like Nichelle said, it's with the crazy results that we've seen the past week and pretty much this season, really, it's anything can happen. And that's why the season is going to be remembered, I think, for quite some time. It's just a weird, unique season. Yeah. Um, I think we're all hoping for Tuchel to, success, to be successful at Chelsea. And, and sadly, Lampard wasn't part of that now. Um, the two managers, Tuchel and Mourinho, you know, had different ty- they, they play very different type of football. Um, one likes to park the bus, one likes to, um, let's say, attack and, and play football, which is much more attractive than, than Mourinho's style. Um, Alex, are we going to see the bus come, come back into uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tomorrow? Uh, well, let's... Uh... Maybe, but I mean, I mean if Mourinho grabs a point, he still yeah, stays at Chelsea. So okay. the thing is, Tottenham aren't in the best moment at the moment. They've, they, I mean, it's not. Maybe it's a bit reactionary to say they're they're in a bit. They're not. They're in a really bad moment. But they lost against Brighton a couple of days ago. They and before that, they lost to Liverpool at home. And before that, they beat Wickham, beat Sheffield before that. And so they're in their form is. Eh, it's not the worst. It's recently it's been not good, but. Eh, so, not sure what we'll really get, what we're really going to expect. But all I know is that Tottenham aren't in the best of form at the moment, and we are all in cut eh, past two games, early, I guess at least. But yeah, so we probably will see the bus come out at some point, especially if they get a sneaky goal. And but at the same time, wouldn't be surprised if it's like a nil-nil. I can, nil I can already picture. I can already picture Sun scoring a goal and them going to nine at the back. This is going to be dreadful if that happens. Um, Michelle, Mourinho and Tuchel, you've seen Tuchel almost, you've, you've probably seen him closer than anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but are we are we expecting Mourinho to play defensive football and, and grab a point to stay in that top four race or is he going to go all out attack and, and try and grab the three points and the win? It's an interesting one because when we had Lampard against Mourinho, the whole rhetoric was the master against the apprentice. Now it's Mourinho against Tuchel. I see it as the master against the maestro. It's going to be a fascinating clash. Two different philosophies. Um, I think Mourinho is expected to go defensive. Of course he is. But in the form Tottenham are in and the fact they really, really need to win this game. In fact, saying that is an understatement. How much can we expect them to go defensive? I think... You know, Mourinho, I don't know how much he knows about Tuchel. Um, I can remember maybe one or two occasions in the past where they might have played, but none would stand out straight away. But I think Mourinho is still learning about how to tackle a Tuchel side, not to mention that we've, or Chelsea have played Tottenham twice this season and not won either of them, lost in the League Cup during the league. So it's going to be a very interesting battle. I think, you know, it would be weird to say anything other than seeing Mourinho go for a defensive start, but we know Tuchel's going to go for it, for it. We saw against Burnley, very attacking-minded performance. That's what we need. It's going to be attack against defence. And if we see a nil-nil, I wouldn't be too surprised, but I do fancy Chelsea to nick it. But it's going to be a brilliant battle between the two managers. Mark, your thoughts on those, uh, on the battle between the managers and the players and the tactics? Yeah, I think most, uh, the, the last time we met um, in the league, at home, 
think the um, both managers were trying to be cautious. Like they were both playing defensive, and at the same time, none of them wanted to take risk. None of them wanted to go on the attack. So that's why we got the um, goalless draw at, at at the bridge. But I don't think we'll, we'll see that this time. I think Tuchel will go for it. He'll 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 attack like the, the way we did with Burnley. He's definitely going to try and get the win. And with Mourinho, when he's under pressure like this, he doesn't really go defensive. And it looks like he's under he's getting he's getting a little bit under pressure now because he has lost his last two games and. Um, then this he has to get something from this one. He has to get something from this one to reassure fans that um, he he. I mean, reassure fans that they can they can still win. I don't think Kane will be available for the game against us too. So probably that that is also an issue. He might he might not be as defensive as he was when we played the first time. I think this time he might also open up. He might also try and um, get a goal in and try and get the win. And that is where probably we can we can hit them because. When they lose, when they when they um, um, soften up on their defense, and we uh, we go on like on all attack, we can actually um, get something from the game. So I'm confident. I'm very, very confident. I don't think both managers will go defensive. I know Tuchel will go at in like in the attacking side, but with Mourinho, I don't think I don't see him going like um, playing defensively as he usually does. Especially after losing two games on the bounce, he will definitely want something from this game. So. It would be an interesting game to watch, definitely. Yeah, I think I've just pulled up the stats for the the um, Chelsea versus top six um, and the big six that they call it. And we've played five and we've lost three and drawn two um, in the last five games. And we, we've, we've actually kind of just struggled to score goals as well. We've only scored two goals in five games. Um, Alex, are we going to struggle again or this two-cal attack and this, the way we play right now where... We've actually haven't registered a shot on target since the last two games. Um, are we going to see one of those nights again and hopefully Chelsea grab it, grab a one or two no win or are we going to see a clear Chelsea win? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we do. <laughs> well, I mean, it's bringing up the past stats from the past five games is a little bit, eh, maybe not the best because, I mean, yeah, we were in pretty dire form when Lamp- or, uh, the last, Lampard's last game. So bringing up the stuff from the past five games isn't the best. This team looks a little... Re- I mean, if you, I saw some quotes earlier from Pulisic saying they're really... The guys are in a lot of confidence and they're enjoying their stuff at the moment. So uh, I don't doubt the team's confidence and ability to score goals or even take shots at the moment. Uh, we restricted, what, Burnley to, I think, one shot in the 90th, fourth minute where it barely was a shot. It kind of just came off um, Burnley players' head, or head when they got a lucky corner in the last minute of the game. And we had about 19 shots and forced Pope to make quite a few saves. So, yeah, I'm not worried about us uh, nicking a win or anything. I think we'll go, I do hope we go out there and, and play our stuff that Tuchel's just... I think the main thing is with him is uh, we just seem quite a lot more confident and there's a bit more drive, as um, Nishal said earlier. It's, so, yeah, it's... It is going to be a really fun game, at least to to, to the neutral and for us probably a bit stressful because this <laughs> we need uh, we need to see we need to see to, I think it's one of the checklist marks for for a Chelsea manager beat Spurs in the first game that you have get them all on the side. It's very interesting. Have you guys seen the quotes that of um, Tuchel about uh, him and Tottenham Hotspur 
and some of the things he said oh, before yeah. he became Chelsea manager. Got... They're taken out of context. They're ridiculously yeah. taken out of context. But it's, it's, I think it's sweet because it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice little story about. I mean, as, you know, I, I know my dad had the same. He grew up in Switzerland, and this is sidetracking a bit. But um, he always told me how the only game that they'd see from English football would be the FA Cup final. So he'd watch that every year as a tradition. So it's kind of the same with Tuchel because, you know, he grew up and born in West Germany. He had that same thing. So I think it's sweet, but it was nice to hear him talk about it because I think we saw a very, very human side to him when he spoke about that. Yeah. And he turned it into a positive and he's... He I just, mean, he's look just, at it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go on, Hamid. Go, 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 go. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll make it quick though. But he's just, he's just such a positive guy. And he could I feel like he could literally turn anything that any reporter or anything turned out of context or anything really. He could just turn it into a positive, and that's probably the main. Yeah, one of the things been really that draws me most to Tuchel over the past I've seen in the past week is just he, yeah, his positivity and his. I think he's been t- his quote of um, uh, I've been told how important the game is and all this stuff. It's yeah, it's nice to see his positivity that he's brought. The club. I was just going to defend Tuchel and just say Mourinho said he would never sign for Tottenham. Um, so, I mean, he, he's he's gone to Tottenham. So I think Check both mate. managers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think his, what was his excuse? I can't exactly remember. But was it because he said Chelsea were paying me then and now they're not? So no, he said, "Oh, go on, they fired me." He's... That's what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think. I think at the end of the day, managers have got a job to do, and and if they don't, then they've got to look for a new club. They can't just come to a new club and pretend they've got a passion for that club, and unless they've they've been there for the last four, five, six years, um, or unless they've they're, they're, they've been an ex player or a legend at the club, um, Frank Lampard, Arteta, um, Oligan Sosha. So yeah, I think. It's wrong to judge Tuchel over those comments. And, and I think, yeah, as Nishal said, they've been taken out of context, in my opinion. Um, every manager would praise every team, but that doesn't mean that you, that you, you call them out every time. So um, I think that ends the debate between Mourinho and Tuchel. Anything you guys want to add on? No, I mean, I think we've said it all. Question, but... Difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, I think we've said it all, you know, it's going to be a really interesting battle. I think, you know, they're very, I think they're managers of a polar opposite of football, you know, Mourinho's defensive park robust style, Tuchel's attacking almost rock and roll Jürgen style, Jürgen Klopp style football. So yeah, as you said, great game for the neutral, but my God, it's going to be nerve wracking for all of us, for Chelsea and Tottenham fans, but it's a huge, huge game for both teams. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot more on the line than it was the last time we met each other. I think was at the start of the season, almost at the start of the season. Um, and I think both managers will be hungry for a win. But that brings us to the lineups and the lineup that Tuchel's going to play um, to get hopefully get the three points. Let's start with a goalkeeper, Nishal. Nich- you said you might, you had a conversation with Kepa. Um, did he tell you tell you some inside secrets of him starting this game? <laughs> I wish, I wish. He gives me a little wink, which means he starts to no, no. Um No, we were just, with me and Kepa, I think, again, if you've seen the photos, you'll see I was literally right next to the players and the player who happened to be right next to me was Kepa, which is kind of bittersweet sin for me because um, when he's been 
going through difficult patches early in the season, I was always defending him and always supporting him. So, you know, to be literally sat a meet away from him, that was interesting. But no, we were just, um, when he came on onto the bench, I just kind of nodded at him, kind of acknowledging him and he did it back. And then we did that a few times as we saw each other. So, you know, just... I think that might have been the one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's time to be starting. But um, no, yeah, Edouard Mendy has started. And it's interesting because, of course, one stat shows he's kept back to that clean sheet. The other stat shows he's not faced a single shot on target. So, you know, we don't know what really to expect. Of course, we know he's a great goalkeeper, but we haven't really seen Edouard Mendy under Thomas Tuchel really have to do anything. Like, I think back to the Burnley game, he did. He had a little back-heel Cruyff turn against the Burnley attack, I think maybe Chris Wood. And that was about it. Like, I really don't remember him doing much. So, yeah, Mendy's going to start. I think that's that's kind of set in stone. Yeah, I think, I think Mendy's starting. Um, Omar, Alex, Mendy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know you like, yeah, I know he's your favourite player, Mohamed, and I know he'd rather <laughs> see him start. But, I, had, I had a joke um, lined up after Nishal, but I just didn't have that. I wanted to say it, but I don't know if I should say it or not. Blood uh, out. Come on. <laughs> come on. We'll cringe with you. We'll cringe with you. No, I was just going to ask Nishal if he, he would have probably thrown it through a pen at him just to see if he could catch it or not. Oh, come on. That's just disrespectful. Okay. <laughs> that would be cruel. Let's, Imagine. That, that would be cruel. <laughs> that would be my journalism for him. Catches. Like you just see yeah, that on the camera, just... dashing a pen at Kepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here we have. Imagine same journalist, same journalist abuses Chelsea goalkeeper in horrific attack. It's that front page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'm guessing we're all going to go with the same formation of three at the back. Now that we've seen that he likes that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think more. It's more. This of is a, this is where yeah. I look at the lineups before. Sorry for the interruption, but this is where I say, okay, Lampard. It was so much more simpler. We know anything could happen to the team, but it will still be a four-three-three. You you would have, you could have Rudiger play striker, but it will still stay four-three-three. And with Tuchel, I think that's not been set yet. But sorry, Alex, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I mean, it's. I would have thought for the Wolves game, I picked three at the back because that's what Wolves normally go with. Or did I mean they went with four at the back for some of the point, but some time this season. But yeah, see, I'm surprised that he's actually sticking with that as opposed to a four three three. But and I would have maybe had a, thought there would have been a bit of a chance he would have gone to the back four if Marcus Alonso hadn't put in hadn't scored a goal uh, in the previous game. So, but now it's like. Marcus Lonzo is going to play, so he has to be played left wing back. So we have to play back three. So yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to be a back three, unless plot twist puts Alonso at left back, which <laughs> which yeah, would be interesting. But that, uh, Alonso at left back and left wing back are two different things. I think. Um, yeah, I think you guys mentioned it on the last. Michelle, you're back three. Yeah, I would keep it the same. Look, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I think the back three did brilliantly. I was full of praise for them. Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Thiago Silva, all excellent together. I do want to see Kurzuma back in that side soon, but I would not change anything for now. That back three is superb. Thiago Silva really impressed me. Aspilicueta, captain performance. I've got no reason to change the defence. 
Yeah, even Rudiger has been re reasonably Surprise. solid in some of the in, in the games in the chances they got. So I guess they'll like some fans probably a bit yeah frustrated that like, Rudiger's come back when Zuma's been. I mean, in all fairness, I don't remember Zuma being particularly like, like poor. What? I like what Nichelle said here. I think if it's, if it's not broken, let's not fix it. So, unless Rudiger scores another own goal, I don't, I don't <laughs> see any problem in starting. I mean, yeah, of course, people are going to be a fan of um, Zuma because he played so well uh, throughout the season, throughout under Lampard. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to be shocked. But, but then again, if, if he's playing fine, then go for it. And, and I think I said it a few episodes before, if... It doesn't matter who plays as long as Chelsea wins and we're we're moving in a positive direction. Um, only Mount gets to start every game. That's the only fair thing. <laughs> wow! Right. <laughs> I, I might move. I might. I might change my account to Mount. Uh, Mount fan account at this point. <laughs> um, Mark, you're back three. Yeah, I think I'll go with. I, I, I don't. I, I I want Zuma to be back in this side because I feel like. To be honest, I feel like he's a better defender and he also offers a threat during um, corners. Like, I don't think our corners have been the same since he 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 was put on the bench. He wasn't starting because I don't think he's not scored any corner since he's, he he was on the bench. So, and you can see that our corners really suffered. The Mount plays in some really, really good um, crosses into the ball when, when he's taking corners and there's nobody there to actually deal with it. So... But apart from that, too, I, I don't know. Sometimes Rudiger, I don't really trust Rudiger that well. He's done very well, especially he did well in the Wolves game and especially in the Bentley game. But sometimes you just feel like he has this, he has a mistake waiting to happen. But it could be, like I said, like I've said in previous episodes, it could be that because there's a new manager, they've all found kind of like a new form or they've found new spirit to play, they found new motivation to play. So probably they are different. But I would prefer seeing us be Thiago Silva and Zuma at the back. Yeah, so I think Lamar is going with a bit of a different one, but um, the midfield and the wing backs. I'll go. Uh, I'll say mine first this time. Um, I'll go with um, hmm, wing backs. I think Marcus Alonso deserves a start, and then I would like to see Reese James or actually Callum Hudson-Odoi has been incredible. Okay, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and then in the midfield again. I'll go with Kovacic and, and Jorginho. I think we can't really change much because of how well we played against Burnley. Um, Amart, uh, yours? Yeah, I think I'll go with the same thing and just drop um, Jorginho and put in Kante, if Kante is fit. Um, because I don't... Uh, just there's I've seen this kind of um, recent hype around Jorginho, which is good because he did very well, fully deserved, did very well against Burnley, but... To be fair, Bentley didn't offer much threat to us, and Jorginho does best whenever the team doesn't like press us uh, that much, or they 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 worry our defense, and that way he's able to play his game, and he does well. But I don't think we can we'll get that with um, um, Tottenham because I feel like Spurs will be will, will will be pressing us a lot, and probably that's when he might be um, um, he might fall short. So for the Spurs game, I think we should go with. Kante and Kovacic in the middle, and then Alonso and Callum Hudson Odoi on the on the wings as wing backs. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Kante. I, I, I kind of forgot Kante was in the team to be honest. Um, 
But no, yeah, Kante has been... Oh, somehow he always does well against Tottenham, against Man, Man United. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Kante in that role as well. So, um, Michelle, you're, you're midfield three in the wing-backs. My only change in the midfield and the wing-backs would be N'Golo Kante coming in for Jorginho. And that's purely for, as Amart said, you put it exactly how I would have. If he is fit, he's got to start, surely, because he's a player who brings so much to Chelsea. I think Jorginho has had two really good games. And if it's based on meritocracy and Conte isn't fit, absolutely start Jorginho again. But if Conte can play the full 90 minutes, he's got to come back in. Because what he offers, not just for Chelsea, but against Tottenham, who can be dangerous on the break, to be able to cover us and have that defensive mindset and ability going back. You know, we need that. So, you know, I do hope he's fit. I think he should be. We'll find out um, on Wednesday in Tuchel's press conference. Uh, wing-backs as well. Alonso's got to start meritocracy. He was excellent. And I would keep Hudson Adore as well. He was really, really impressive. And I'm very curious to see how he plays and comes up against Tottenham as a wing-back. Because what's interesting about him playing there is that he's got much more freedom in playing out wide on the wing. Because you've got the, the wingers in front of him are more attacking midfielders further inside and in behind the striker which gives Hudson Odoi the entire right flank and much more space to be expressive and to be himself. So, yeah, Conte would be my only change, but if it's the same four, I wouldn't complain again. Alex, um, your, your midfield and your wing-backs. Yeah, I can't. I mean, too fair. I'd also say my defence because you didn't ask me that. But, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with pretty much all, with all that's um, been said. It's that, I mean... In, in defence, yeah, don't change what's not broken. We all want to... I mean, Zuma is a shame. Wait, you didn't say your defence? Huh? No, I didn't say. You didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, so um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I just had to get you back for a little bit. But um, no, keep, keep this, uh, for the defence, keep it the same. Although it's a shame. It's, it's sad to see Zuma's kind of fallen down the pecking order. But uh, I think we just have to accept it and not change what's broken. The fact that we kept two clean sheets. Last few games, you don't really want to change. You want to, don't want to disrupt the harmony and the understanding between the four of the three three centre backs and the keeper. And then for the four in front, yeah, again, don't really change anything unless N'Golo Kante is fit. That I mean, we've, so, we've seen not much last year, but the goal two years ago where Spurs actually, yeah, two years ago under Sari where um, Son kind of dribbled through our whole team and Jorginho kind of just let him run past him kind of springs to mind. So it's, yeah, don't really want to see Jorginho start. Unless, I mean, if Kante is, in all fairness to him, he has played well in the past few games, but, if, and if Kante is fit, and I know that they're, they want I mean, yeah, we want to see him brought, Kante brought in, but in a controlled way at least, because his management over the past couple of years with injuries and all, it's been a little, he just, when he's out, he's out for a while. So if he is, but if he if he is ready, then absolutely play him instead of Jorginho. And if not, I think we we can still be confident in the way that Tuchel has got Kovacic and Jorginho playing, especially in the last game. I mean, in the Wolves game, they were a little, they were a little passive and passing a little bit too much sideways, I think. But in the game against Burnley, they were passing a lot more forwards, a lot more direct. So, and that's definitely something that's. That's probably, sorry, probably something that Tuchel's instilled in them. So, yeah, really confident in, in those two playing against Spurs. But if Kante is there, then available, then 
by Kante instead of Jorginho. Yeah, apologies for not asking your defense. I kind of felt like I kind of kind of thought you said it while you were giving the explanation. Uh, I don't know why. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um, Michelle, your your front three. Uh, yep, your front three. I can give one of the three for certain, which I think Christian Pulisic will start. We saw him come off a bench. He was so positive, such a great influence. You know, he changed the game in my opinion. So I think Christian Pulisic on the left wing is set. Then we have two dilemmas. We've got who gets to start up front and also who starts on the right. We'll start with the right. We would expect Mason Mount because, of course, Hakim Ziyech didn't play last time. But remember, he was rested because he'd been playing five games in a row. Obviously, he's injury prone and he needed to have that time out. Why do you think he's being rested for the big games and important games like Thursday? So I would expect him to come back in. It would be harsh on Mount to drop out, but I would expect to see Hakim Ziyech come back in. And in terms of leading the line, you can make a case for any three of the strikers, but I would go for Timo Werner. He needs the form as always, but I think you know his first Chelsea goal came at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the League Cup all those months ago. I think if there's ever a place or ever a team that he can play and he can get back um, Premier League goal against after three months, I think it can be Tottenham. So, I would go for our strongest front three of Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech. Alex, your front three? Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. We've got to start Timo. Uh, it, he, even before he even came to Chelsea, he got a goal in the home and away leg when they when Leipzig played against Spurs. And yeah, if he's ever going to... He needs to get out of the ruts of, that he's in of not really scoring in the Premier League. And if there's any game that he's going to get out of it, it's going to be against Tottenham. So yeah, he absolutely starts. And yeah, it's interesting where Mason fits, where Mason Mount fits in, because yeah, it'll be pretty harsh of him to not start. He's he's played pretty well in the past two games or past two times where he came on as a sub against Wolves and started against Burnley. But yeah, I'm really interested to see if Ziyech does. Yeah, if it's Ziyech or Mount, but I'll go with Ziyech. And yeah, Pulisic on the left, of course, because he got taken off and. He played pretty well as well to assist, um, especially the assist for Alonso was a nice little clip ball for the for uh, in the Burnley game. So yeah, Pulisic starts on the left wing for me too. Yeah, I think I agree with the two of you, but it's it's difficult because when you when you come when you talk about the right, as for the left and the strikers, uh, the striker, I, I agree with the two of you. Werner definitely because I like the same reasons what the the same reasons you guys um highlighted. Like he has to start scoring at some points. He has to. And I think he scored his first goal against Tottenham, so probably they 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 are the antidote. And then on the on the left, yeah, definitely Pulisic. Pulisic playing on the left will be the best option because he did very very well against Burnley. And then on the right is where the the issue is because you don't you don't really have um, Mount and Ziyech. You have Mount Ziyech Havertz, and Havertz has been was very good against uh, um, Wolves. Mount was very very good against uh, Burnley. And then Ziyech was rested because probably was rested because they wanted him to play this game. So it's very, very hard to pick between those three. But I'll go for Ziyech. But the thing is, the thing with this system is that we will not be able to see all of them playing the same game, unlike with uh, Lampard's system where they were all fitted. We, there, were, there were games where we, we saw Werner, we saw Havertz, we saw Mount and Pulisic and Ziyech all playing the same game. But with this system, I don't think we will. And, and it will, there will be points in this 
season where we will have to where to go cool, have to rotate them. But with this one, I'll go with Ziek. Yeah, I think I'll agree with um, everyone here, and I'll say yeah. I think Pulisic needs to start this, and um, Ziek has been. Ziyech has been pretty much good as well, so I think he has, he gets a nod as well. And then, again, as Michelle said, Werner needs to boost up his confidence, and I think he got his first goal at that stadium, so um, I'm sure he can get a hat-trick there again. Um, I feel like I'm being too optimistic here. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think the front three has to be that. Um, anything else you guys want to add on to this? Uh, Michelle, you want to give your final thoughts on the game and what you're looking for, and maybe your score prediction? I'm really excited for the game. I always love playing Tottenham. You know, there's no team I love seeing us beat more than Spurs. You know, it's a massive rivalry and especially the first one under Thomas Tuchel. There's big expectation, but also big aspirations because this is his first, I mean, real test, let's be honest. He's passed the first two. He's shown, okay, these are the early signs of Chelsea. This is what I can achieve. Now, here's the big one. Can I win my first derby, beat our arch rivals, and really send a statement to the Premier League. I'm very excited. I am nervous, I won't lie. But after having seen Chelsea um, for the first time this season and for the first time at the Tuchel live, you know, I'm really encouraged. And I saw a great performance and I have no doubt about our ability and seeing us perform the same way. So my score predictions, I'm going for Tottenham 1, Chelsea 2. Okay, that's a fair prediction. Marcus um, Alonso to get one, of course. His, to- <laughs> his token Tottenham goal. Maybe both. Two goal Marcus Alonso. Maybe both, yeah. Maybe both. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him. Bicycle kick. Two free, ki- two free kicks. Bicycle kick, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he recreated Van Basten last week, so why can't he recreate the reverse of Carlos this week? So, There's yeah. no limit to the imagination. No. <laughs> Love it. Um, Alex and Mark, you guys want to add on something? It would be good to finally beat well a traditional top six team at least this season. We haven't done it yet, so I mean, although if we talk proper tops or this year the top six current of current, West Ham are somehow fifth and we beat them three nil. So eh, can kind of kind of counts, but yeah, it would be really nice to be a top tradition one of the big top six because we haven't so far this season. So, yeah. And on top of that, it's Tottenham. So, yeah, it would be great to kind of show what we can do for the rest of the season with a with a statement win against Tottenham, especially at their stadium. So, yeah, really looking forward to it, as usual, for any Tottenham game. And Mark, your final thoughts and final review of the game? Yeah, I just think we have to win because it, um, it looks like this, this week, the teams around us are might have good results so we also have to get a good result i think right now we, the three points are very very important for us to climb the table at least so in case any of them slips we'll be there to capitalize on it so but this one we just have to win and i'm confident about this one especially like seeing i i consider the fact that like it's his first kind of major test i think you go in with 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 full confidence and with full uh, uh um like he's going and winning this game. Like he's not going to play. He's uh, risky. Or he's not going to take any risk with this game. I think he's going to go all out with uh, and and win this. So for that, I'm I'm very confident. And yeah, like Alex, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand 
that he won't be risky, but he will go all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, he'll do what he what he knows. He wouldn't go there and okay. and, and and be cautious like he wants to get a draw or something. Like like when we played against them the first time, like both teams, both managers were cautious. None of them wanted to do anything. Um, 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 they didn't want to go for it. They didn't want to. It looked like none of them came there to win. Like they wanted to draw, and I don't think Tuko will go for a draw. I think he'll go all out and win this. So for that, I'm confident. Yep, hopefully he does. So this will be a great test for Tuchel and the new Chelsea and the new start of an era. Of course, Tuchel unbeaten in the last two games, draw against Wolves and a win against Burnley. Um, that sums up preview from the CFC podcast, actually. Uh, if you want any more previews or more discussions on Chelsea and Tottenham, make sure to check out our second channel, um, which will be linked below. Of course, our presenter, Amea, does the um, pre-match reviews and the post-match pre uh, reviews of each game, as well as the live watch-along, which will be happening. Matthew will be in charge of those. Hopefully, we'll get some guests on. Alex, will you be joining us tomorrow? It's a late kickoff. It's putting me on the spot. Really? Yeah. Yes, I'll be. Yes, I'll gladly. You can't say no. Yeah, you can't. I can't now. You didn't even. Maybe. Yeah, I can't now. This is. This is going to be a recurring theme now, where he's just going to keep asking me whenever we were whenever we're doing one of these. Are you going to come on, Alex? It's yes, I'll come on. Peer pressure. Yeah, yeah, very much I, peer pressure. Should I do it to Michelle as well? <laughs> Good thinking. Yeah. No, we've, no, we've given him a slice of the cake. Now he wants it all. So. <laughs> No, um, it's, it's, a, it's a free to it's a free to join, and it's anyone anyone can join it at any time and leave at any time. So, um, if you're watching this, you could actually join in as well. Just make sure to join the uh, Discord, like use the Discord link to join it, and then you will be um, added onto the server, and you will be able to join the live stream and have a chat with um, Alex, who will be there of course tomorrow after all the pressure, and then Matthew, and then I think I'll be joining as well during the match, um, maybe I think five minutes before. So yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that. Make sure to follow all of our socials. Again, make sure to follow Nichelle and his work. Um, great writer and great journalist and looking forward to seeing what he brings out, the pieces that he brings out in the future for his own blog. And, and um, um, thank you for, for coming on, Nichelle. Thank you very much for having me on. Really enjoyed that. And you know, I hope your listeners enjoyed as well. If you want to see more of my work, as Alex has mentioned, then you can follow me on Twitter at Nishal underscore SP. And you can find all of my work on nishalsblog.com. But thank you very much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed. So I'll be referred as Alex now. Um, but... <laughs> uh, Damn it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just looked up and I saw right, first name. I, it's a collection. It's all right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Alex. We're thank you, Mohammed. Alex. Thank you, Ahmad. Yeah. yeah, we're all Alex. We're all Alex here. Slip of a tongue, apologies. But I hope you enjoyed anyway. Sure. Nice. Yeah, we sure. did. We did. Um, that's all for today, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.